On this week's episode of Poke and Kush, we give a Viking funeral to the New Orleans Pelican season, even though there's about a sixth of it left to play. Things not so great, but hey, we have the world's greatest NFL draft preview, so stick around for that. Plus, we got segments, and we got the worst of the week. You're not going to want to miss this week's Poke and Kush. Welcome everyone to Poke and Cush! It's April 28th, 2021, and how the hell are we, Mr. Andrew Polk? I'm good. Hey! <laughs> Am I too high energy? One for you criticism. Right now? One criticism I've been told is that I need to match the energy level. <laughs> I think it works out perfect. Yeah, you need to I balance think, it. I think out. we're doing fine. I'm doing okay. The second shot kicked in. Good. Now I make the Windows startup sound when I wake up. <laughs> How's that third testicle? Uh, it's getting along well with the fourth. <laughs> no, I. Uh, yeah, it's been a low key week. Saw some Pelicans uh, staff. Oh, yeah? Milling about. You know, we meet in secret and tell the truth. We are the biggest fan. This podcast is the biggest fans of the Pelicans radio crew that exist. Absolutely. We are uh, all in on the Pelicans radio crew. They do a phenomenal job. Um, And, uh, man, have they had some dog shit to watch this season. Yeah, that's such a hard job. And with this team especially, (laughs) just grasping at straws i think is the term to maintain the enthusiasm level while at the same time knowing that the kick in the dick is coming oh yeah everyone knows that they're gonna drop kick you and that and as a professional broadcaster you have to maintain the illusion that you don't know it's going to go <laughs> but at the same time everyone in the world knows that's going to happen um it was, a, uh, it was a lovely weekend in the city, a lot going on. It feels in a lot of ways like we're back to normal around here, uh, and especially that there's like uh, three weeks left in the season, and the Pelicans' year is basically done. Yeah, there's no weeks left in the season <laughs> from one perspective. It is nice that we're back to normalcy, and that normalcy still includes a few more weeks of the Pelicans being a great team for three quarters yeah. and then losing in absolutely soul-crushing <laughs> fashion. Uh, but now it's funny because people, people have given up hope. Yeah. The, 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 uh, the Pelicans' Twitter spear has really dove into, this is going to suck. Yes. Let's see what happens. Everyone kind of, it's like just the same series of memes Every single time, it's you know, like a piano falling on the <laughs> falling on someone. It's like, what could possibly go wrong? Uh, the fact is, as where we sit right now, 
Uh, there's 11 games remaining. The Pelicans are about five games out, depending on when you're listening to this, of the uh, 10 seed, not exactly the highest bar, the 10 seed in the Western Conference. So not the 10th best team in the NBA, the 20th best team in a 30-team NBA. That was apparently way too high of a bar to even get to the end of the season in contention of. Uh, so the Pelicans season, a failure. Let's call it for what it is. Uh, as a, uh, a singular uh, organism, mm-hmm. the season is a failure. The franchise isn't a failure. There's still a lot of you know, ways and negotiations to occur. Uh, but that loss to San Antonio, in a lot of ways, is a make-or-break situation. It would have given the Pelicans life in order to get through the next dozen games and allow them to stay in the hunt. And instead... They, of course, completely sabotage themselves. They blow, they, they blow a fourth quarter lead with about three and a half minutes left. They were up by, I think, five. five. Uh, they miss, you know, about 45% of their free throws uh, in the game. Just everything you can imagine to uh, screw yourself out of what should have been a essentially season-saving win. And now there are no straws to grasp at. This is basically a failure of a season if they had won against san antonio that would have been an actual difference maker they yes. own the tiebreaker yep they would have been two games behind golden state three. uh i think it's two and a half depending on whatever how you view the lost column and they play them three times so you would have had the san antonio tiebreaker and three games against golden state you would have had a lot of opportunities to kind of at least get to the end of the season with games that matter which is really more than anything, I think, what they wanted to do this season was like, let's play games with significance. And instead, you're playing 20% of the season for nothing. Yeah, I can't say if I would be any happier uh, with them having uh, some competition going to the end of the season. Sure. Whether they, you know, lose it at the very last second on the last game. No. It would, it would, be, <laughs> di- it would, be, nice. It would be nice for the team to have some purpose, yes. even if they don't make it to the 10th seed. Now they're just toiling in obscurity, fumbling around. They've been branded losers in a very specific way, and that's got to be uh, you know heavy on the players' hearts. Yeah, that, and I think that's the part that everyone kind of looks at them and be like, this is this team as uh, the sum is less than the whole of the parts. Uh, when you add up all of the pieces on this team. You think, ah, oh, they should be, you know, a 500 basketball team. And they're not, and they're not particularly close to it. And it's not that they are not going to make the playoffs. That on its own would have been a fairly reasonable bar to set. They're not going to make the playoffs. Uh, the idea that they're not going to be competing and that we watched this, them decimate the Clippers last night, a really good Clippers team, they annihilated the Clippers. And... The only reaction is like, man, nah. because there's yeah. nothing left to play for. Yeah, who cares? Who Eric, gives a shit? Eric Bledsoe look, <laughs> scored. Dude, are you kidding me? All he needed was the, uh, you know, the games to not matter anymore. <laughs> yeah, what's, lifted what, the weight I mean, of uh, responsibility. I, if you look at it from his perspective, you know, when the pressure's off, it's a lot easier to play. <laughs> I get it, dude. It's, it's like when you take the untimed SAT or the practice SAT. I right? think he missed three free throws in a row against the Spurs. <laughs> Just a real Nick Anderson episode. <laughs> I was like, dude, and I knew it. I knew he was going to become Allen Iverson the second the games <laughs> didn't matter. Very swole Allen Iverson. 
<laughs> it is so uh, maddening to think how bad he has been this season. I'm trying to think of a bigger bust the Pelicans have ever gotten. And not that he was terribly hyped up. Like, he was a trade that you needed to match salaries for Drew Holiday. Uh, it made sense to bring him in. He was kind of like the poor man's Drew Holiday. He would sort of fill a lot of the roles without, you know, doing all of the stuff Drew did. And instead, he is like the homeless man's Drew Holiday. He is the, the street urchin of Drew Holiday's. He is, uh, you know, his face pressed up against the glass of He's the Popeyes. He's the Clover Valley. He's the great value. <laughs> He's the Kroger <laughs> brand Drew Holiday. He sucks. He was so bad this season. And it crystallized all in that moment, not only against the Knicks, again against the Spurs. And then, of course, the minute the games don't matter anymore, he's turning it on and just hammering the Clippers. And it does leave you gang like, whatever you have to do to get this guy out of town, just get him the hell out of town. <laughs> well, I think a lot of the ire going towards uh, Eric Bledsoe isn't just that he wasn't living up to expectations. That happens all the time, especially sure. with players of that age bouncing from team to new team yeah it was more so that the pelicans just shoved their head in the ground and were like yeah this guy's gonna close games <laughs> every single game yeah this guy's gonna start <laughs> over josh hart that was where it lost i don't care if eric bledsoe is not a, a poor man's version of drew holiday yeah i care that this team looked the other way and was like no it's fine yeah it's I fine we'll use it. no oh. it's over and over and over and over again, and I guess they finally did curtail it a little bit after that Knicks debacle. Uh, For one game. Yeah. <laughs> for literally one game, and then the ne next one he was back in for the exact same amount of time. Uh, they're just not good, and it's, it's unfortunate that they're not going to be playing games that have significance. You're not going to learn a lot about Zion and Ingram in, in situations that matter, and you do go into a game that was big, a, a real do-or-die scenario, which is like exactly what you wanted. And Zion scores 33 points, and they're triple-teaming him the whole game. I mean, that's Popovich is like sending the whole squad at him, and it's very much like a, a playoff type of atmosphere in that regard. They very well scouted this game. San Antonio knew it was on the line, and it comes down to you missing, you know, 16, 17 free throws. And it's like, how many ways can this team just beat the crap out of itself? And that's why everyone gets who's crazy about Van Gundy. And it's like, yeah, I get Van Gundy has not done a good job. Just what we're saying about Bledsoe there. But he's not, he can't coach them not to miss that many free throws. He can't coach them to be this absolutely pathetic down the stretch of games. It's not just coaching. It's too easy to just point at one guy. Yeah, there were a lot of silly mistakes. Uh, Steven Adams was tapping the ball out to Spurs players repeatedly <laughs> in situations where, you know, I'm not a seven-foot-tall New Zealand professional basketball player. No, you're not. But I feel like I could grab that fucking ball yeah. a lot of those times when he was tapping it out to not Rudy Gay, who didn't even play. The Spurs were not at even full strength, and they suck. Yeah. I mean, LaMarcus Aldridge just left. Yeah. <laughs> And then he retired. He went like, to another team to get a ring, and he's like, nah, I don't want to do yeah. that. <laughs> it's a health problem. Like, I, I, they're not supposed to be good. No. Nothing, when you look at the, two, at the teams on paper, nothing says they should be five games ahead of the Pelicans when you consider the fact that Zion Williamson has become what Zion Williamson is. 
the larger question as you zoom out of that game and how miserable it was is now you in the scheme of of what you wanted to see progression wise last year was like all right they turned it on in the second half of the season they sucked in the bubble but they replaced their coach like you kind of had like a scapegoat and alvin and you were like okay now you can start to see the trend line go upwards if the ultimate the top of the mountain is a championship right you took the first step last year this year is supposed to be a little bit better compete for the playoffs make the 10 c whatever it might be at least be a competitive team that could win games and showed some some guts and some metal that didn't happen no so now the line is flat you have not made the progression so what does it look like as you enter the future here you're going into next year the expectation can't be scrap for the eight seed and that's what they're going to try to sell I'm telling you right now, on April 28th, they're going to try to sell. All we got to do is make the playoffs. No, you got to be, you got to act as if this season went to the way it was supposed to, and the expectation next year should be this team should be really goddamn good. What is really goddamn good realistically for this team? Uh, the ninth seed? I mean, no, I, I think if you get the right piece, a third piece, not Lonzo, if you go do something that can make them better, better, and they close games with any level of competence, they should be a 45 to 47 win team that's solidly in the playoffs and that you're showing true progression to Zion Williamson as he becomes eligible for the rookie extension or for, you know, for a second uh, contract. And all of that would line up and make sense. It is also pretty much exactly what Anthony Davis did his third year, which was they took a leap. He wasn't as good as Zion, but he took a leap in the third year. They made the playoffs on the last day of the season, but they made the playoffs. <laughs> this team should be better. Ingram is better, you know, th- than a lot of the guys AD ever played with. Zion is freaking unbelievable, man. He shoots 60% every goddamn game and scores 30 points. And he's 20 years old. Yeah, I saw something that said Zion could miss his next 200 shots and still be <laughs> over 50% for the season. That's so and you're like, oh, a guy like that's on at least the number three team in yeah. the league. The fear, right, is Zion turning into Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. That's the, the, like, if you were to say, now, the biggest fear is he just leaves. That's always out there. That's probably the most realistic over <laughs> I, I, I don't see his quality declining the way we've seen it. But, I mean, Towns is a player who put, put up big numbers has been on, I think, one playoff team ever, and that was because Jimmy Butler dragged his ass there, and otherwise has just been kind of, uh, you know, a shrug it, I'm not going to play defense, I'm going to play on a crappy team, even though I'm incredibly talented all-star. That's like the worst-case scenario. I could see Brandon Ingram being Carl Anthony Towns if he had nobody else around him. But I don't think Zion's going to be that guy. That's the worst-case scenario. I don't think he's going to be that guy. But you got to prove to him next year that you have a coach in place, you have a roster in place that complements him, you have all of these things so that this kind of crap, what's happened losing five of six games in totally winnable situations to keep yourself afloat, that that doesn't happen again. Like, there's real urgency now, and this last week was, the last two weeks was such a fucking calamity for this team. Do young megastars like Zion have the patience and fortitude to believe a team when they say, Hey, that was a fluke. These are growing pains. Everything's going to come into place. 
because it feels like the culture around mega stars and yeah. winners and Zion is a winner mm-hmm. despite the last two years yeah. has changed so drastically that it's kind of well you can't you can't unsee what you've seen yeah. and why would you trust these people I completely that and that really is ultimately the question right it's like does this guy have the patience to see this through for his part we are completely speculating because he has not said the wrong thing once. He's never acted the wrong way. He's also rarely said anything. Valid. Now, he says they're close a lot. Yeah. Whether he believes that is a very different thing. But he says the right stuff, which is like, we're close. It's frustrating to lose, but we're close. And it's hard not to feel that way. And, and Stan Van Gundy, after the game against the Clippers, after they wax the Clippers, comes out and is like, you know, I'm pretty optimistic. He's like, I feel like we've played well for the most part. We just haven't finished. He's like, but we have played well. We are a pretty good team. This one that's not making it work. So in that regard, I think there's a little something for Zion to hang on to. But if they're bad again next year, it becomes a whole different animal. And they've got a lot of pressure. And he's a totally different player than what they thought they were building around this year. Uh there's just a lot of curiosity about what this team is going to be, what they're going to do. I do also wonder, do they have some buyer's remorse when it comes to Stan right now? Yeah. He, I, doesn't, he didn't bring what they thought he was going to bring. No, and we've said it before, but uh, it definitely showed that a coach in today's NFL doesn't matter that uh, – NBA doesn't yeah, yeah. matter that much. <laughs> yeah. Either it doesn't matter that much or he's a horrific coach. It could be one both. of those things. <laughs> it's true, right? if, if there's one saving grace for him on, on paper, it's that the Pelicans could be above 500 if they'd won, what, like half of the games where they've had a fourth quarter lead? Yeah. And, and it's so easy. That's, that's the only thing going, okay, maybe this team is close. Yeah. If that's a quantifiable. <laughs> Uh, yeah, exactly. Where does that? What does close mean? Yeah. What is it? Just playing in close. Are you just games, unlucky? Yeah. You know, yeah. what, what are you, Mister Magoo, or are you a basketball <laughs> team? I don't. Be- I don't believe that a team is unlucky. There, there's a pattern of behavior here. Yeah, it's I'm not using, one game. I'm using therapy language. Yeah. <laughs> there's a pattern of behavior with our abuser. All you Pels fans, get on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> It's not your fault. It's not your fault. We got to send the office to therapy. They have to work (laughs) on their issues. They have to figure out what the real problem is. And the real problem is them. It's it's so, uh, like, they're not bad because you look at their net rating. You look at all the objective stats that don't take into account what time of the game something is. Don't take into account situational awareness it just takes into account are where do you stand against your opponent when you look in the wide scale they're like a mid-pack team i think even during this horrendous month of april they're like 11th in net rating and yet they lose every freaking game yep every they lose all of the time and they've knocked themselves out of the race by it and there has to be like there's no line at which I can say this is entirely the coach's fault and no line at which I can say this isn't Van Gundy's fault. But I don't think he's going anywhere. But I do wonder if there's some real buyer's remorse when it comes to Van Gundy, when it comes to this roster. It did not work. It flatly, like the, the, the meshing of this group, he was supposed to provide like that veteran edge and experience. Like a veteran experienced coach should not be just 
gagging, his team <laughs> gagging down the stretch of every single game. Yeah, every press conference, you know, Stan comes out there and hangs his head and steam yeah. is shooting out of his ears. <laughs> and then he's either furious or he's saying, I don't know, or yeah. it's a combination of both. Yeah. You know, is Griff, I feel like Griff would probably uh, side more with the coach than the players. Maybe. From a management together. position. I don't think he's going to throw Stan under the bus. Yeah. Particularly because of his own ego. That's the question. Is like he built the team, but he also hired the coach. It's not like last year where he kind of inherited the coach. Yeah. He very much inherited the coach. So it was a super easy scapegoat when they just, you know, gagged down the stretch uh, in the bubble, which he sort of sabotaged as well. I mean, they had to, they played a crazy, you know, amount of players, Jackson, Nikhil playing and whatever. I digress. Where he, where Griff lands on this thing doesn't even matter at this point. He's got to fix both. Uh, I don't think Van Gundy gets fired. He just got hired. They just finished play- paying Alvin another year. There's no fans in the stands. Like, you can't afford to just let this guy walk for $15 million. So you got to figure this out. And it probably means you have to build a roster that maybe Stan isn't the most comfortable with, um, but is one that is going to fit Zion a lot better. So maybe a little less defense, a little less size, a lot more shooting. Whatever it might be, you- you've got to build a team uh, that is going to accentuate the fact that Stan's strategy doesn't really matter anymore because yeah. at the end of the game, it hasn't worked. And we're going to have to see if Stan will adapt his coaching style to the modern NBA, you know, score, yeah. shoot. Because the Pelicans have a very decent record when they hit the average amount of team uh, of three-pointers made by a team. Is that right? Yes. So if they like... They have a, a winning median. record if they hit like eight three-pointers a game. It's not crazy. <laughs> it's not like eight or nine. Yeah, it's not a crazy amount. Uh, there, there's so many paths for them to get good that you just look at it. You can look at it from an optimist view and so easily be like, they're right there. And at the same time, you have to say objectively... This is a failure. Yeah. Like what we just watched over the last four months was a complete failure. And they uh, need to own that. And I think I I hope they do own it. I think Stan owns it to at least a degree. He's not giving up yet because they're theoretically still in the race. Now, watch. By the time we record next week, they will have, you know, won four straight games against great teams. (laughs) They're going to go gangbusters on the road and just start beating. You know, I think they're like. 8-20 8-20 and 20 on the road this year. They're just going to, you know, just roll it up on everybody. Um, I mean, they're done. And if they shouldn't be done. We know they shouldn't be done. They know they shouldn't be done. It is a, uh, a, a shit show of a season that has to be recognized for what it is and can't be used as an excuse next year. It's going to be a very different team next season. It better be. Hopefully. I mean, they can't do this again. You can't. If Eric Bledsoe is on the court next year, I'm going to lose it. Well, you got to think about your needs. You need a defense. You need a solid defensive guard, Eric Bledsoe. You need a shooter <laughs> from the wing, JJ Redick. <laughs> you need a tall guy that can shoot and stretch the floor, Nicolo Melli. <laughs> I think if you just had those pieces on this team, <laughs> I, I think we would. I think we would be having a completely different podcast if uh, Nikhil and Josh Hart had stayed healthy. Maybe, maybe they were bad before then, anyway. Though, but they seem That's to have true. been playing better. Yeah, 
they weren't a depressing train wreck. They were just not as good. Yeah, but I mean, it was nice to see their effort out there and Nikhil being able to shoot. Yeah. Josh Hart having as many rebounds as Steven Adams without the soul-crushing mistakes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> You know, little things like that, uh, you know, I think could have built up towards the end of the season and actually made this a yeah. mediocre team. Yeah, they would have had the ability to go small. They would. I mean, the fact that we're pining for mediocrity <laughs> with Zion Williamson on the roster and Brandon Ingram on the roster is crazy. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's too simplistic to blame any one individual less than individuals, Eric Bledsoe. <laughs> I agree. I know he listens, but yeah, I agree. Definitely. Zion, a- Zion should get MVP, even though the team <laughs> is. <laughs> is there. How bad? This would be the worst team in the NBA by oh, far. God. Yeah. They, they, would, they would be Minnesota. They would have like eight or nine wins without Zion. Absolutely guarantee it. Yeah. Zion, they, th- Zion should win MVP. They, they would be Minnesota, and Brandon Ingram would be playing the role of Carl Anthony Towns. Oh, yeah. They'd be the worst team in the NBA. No doubt. Not even, uh, not, not even a shadow of a doubt. So, hey, they're not the worst team in the NBA. We found the, 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 the line of positive uh, for this season. But on that note, we will take a quick break. We will come back. The NFL Draft is this week. We've been studying. We've been watching tape. So stick around. We'll be right back with that and so much more. Polk and Kush. It was a beautiful weekend in New Orleans. The sun was shining. The weather was perfect. The temperature, mamma mia. The best place to go on a weekend like that, Ale on Oak. Ale over on Oak Street, 8124 Oak Street. They have a huge, beautiful patio. They've got 30 beers on tap. They have a full menu, and it's not bar food like hot dogs and popcorn. It's full. F- it's it's food that adults eat. There's no grilled cheese sticks. Yeah. Yes. There's nothing shaped like a dinosaur. <laughs> This is this is a great dating place. Everybody's vaxxed now. You're on the dating apps. Where should we go? You know where we should go? We should go to Ale on Oak and fall in love. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Because it's not just a you know, bar where like it's not Moe's, you know? Yeah. You don't have to sit there and drink your crappy beer and hang out with decrepit people. No. There's beautiful people out there. Oh everywhere. yeah. Uptown. And you can drink really nice beer. They have fantastic beers beers that are way too good for you and i they are a awesome place to be we love ale on oak and guess what polk what if you want to throw a party mm-hmm. can you imagine a better place to put everybody your friends are all vaccinated you haven't seen each other in a long time you all want to hang out together you can get the space at ale on oak absolutely they are set up for social distancing they are also set up for safe partying. You can have a party there. They're doing graduation parties right now. I might just tell them that I'm graduating. I could be. <laughs> from Clown College. From DeVry. <laughs> from PragerU. I'm graduating. Yeah, what's the trucking school that you like so much? DeVry. No, not DeVry. Uh, Diesel Driving Academy. The Diesel Driving Academy. We're going to host a party for Polk's graduation from the Diesel Driving Academy at Aelon Oak. And it's going to be the fanciest party that anyone's ever had. For going to diesel for graduating academy. from truck driving <laughs> academy, there's a lot of times where I'll be like, well, I want to go to, I want to go out," and then I just blank, and I'm like, "Oh, the one place I always go, <laughs> Ale on Oak needs to be added to your repertoire." It no is, doubt, it is a hidden gem of New Orleans, and uh, 
big fan. Yeah. Ale's great. Uh, I think anyone who goes there, please tell them you listen to the show. Please support Ale because they support this podcast. If you recall, we had the live share live show there. It was phenomenal. The food was great. The beer was great. The patio is great. There's literally nothing not to like about Ale and Oak. It's a bar that, quite frankly, is a little too good for New Orleans. So let's appreciate it while we got it, everybody. And that is a sponsor. And that brings us into Saints news. We've got... We should have done that Ale commercial for 30 minutes because there's... I got... You can watch the draft there. <laughs> yeah, we can. We got a couple tweets saying, hey, do a draft show. It'd just be us hanging out. It wouldn't be a show. I'd be like, you can come watch it with me. I'm sure. not going to have anything like, to say. <laughs> like you, you know more about the draft than I do. Yeah, why don't you come tell us about the draft? And then we'll copy what you said and say it on the podcast. <laughs> I... Uh, did you ever follow the draft? Was there a time in your life where the draft was an important thing in your life? Just the when Michael Sam was drafted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who could forget that momentous moment? <laughs> no, I was never. I was never a draft guy. I mean, I do. I ha- I have a draft poster behind you for the oh, yeah. for the 2019 draft. I would. That's you know. That's like a live event you go to. With you know your stepdad in, a, in <laughs> Miami, I don't I don't have the time for it. I don't pay that much attention to college football outside yeah. of LSU and Louisiana Tech. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, I'll see other than LSU. You know, oh, I'll know that guy in the ninth round. <laughs> yes, I'm really into the free agent pickups <laughs> at the end of the draft. Uh, I mean, I watch a lot of college football. I, I used to be like. One of those guys, like, remember when it was like a two, it was only two days and it was started at noon. It was just like a freaking, you know, all day coverage. You know, it was breathless. Like it was covered like the insurrection, you know, every year <laughs> it was just all day, seven hours of, of coverage and the 900 graphics going across the screen. I used to love it. Yeah. Uh, you know, in college, I would just get hammered at noon. It was a great excuse to do that. And now I don't know anything. I have no idea what's happening. I feel like the older you get, the more you start to realize that anything you read about the draft, including the draft itself, like as you're watching it, you're like, all of this is meaningless. They're literally guessing about everything. Yeah. <laughs> like some of the guys are going to be good. Some of the guys are going to be bad. You have absolutely no idea. And with the exception of maybe your team doing like a really big move, uh, it's if I find it to be, I enjoy like the fact that we're talking about the NFL in April, but outside of that, I find it to be like a very lame experience overall. The most entertaining part every, every year is the booing that occurs for whom and how. Yes. Whenever Goodell gets up there, they always give him a shower. Of course. Um, you know, who will it be this year? Cause last year was just the weird zoom thing. Oh God. So he was able to protect himself. Remember he was doing the fake booing. Like they had like the zoom call yeah. booing. And he's like, Boo, come on guys, let me hear it. I'm like, God, you must've gotten your ass kicked so many times in high school. That was the worst part of coronavirus was the NFL draft. <laughs> <laughs> it was so bad. You got to see everybody's living room. It was so cool. It's also nice when players who've just been told they're superstar, God since the age of five get mad they're like I'm gonna show them because I was picked 16th instead of 14th did you want to play for the Jets 
Like fuck, I remember Lamar Jackson being like furious that he had oh, to play yeah. for the Ra- You would you rather play for the Ravens, a good team? <laughs> yeah. Or would you rather play for the Giants? It's like, oh, you're only going to make eight million dollars for doing, you know, for coming out of college. Congratulations, everybody else. You were in English 101 with yeah. is selling Enterprise rental cars. Okay, <laughs> like let's uh, you know, let's keep it in perspective yeah. a little bit here. They're going to be bringing you your Uber Eats yeah. in Baltimore, dude. <laughs> don't wor- don't like, worry about. <laughs> These guys are on the mail room of the M&T Bank, and you're in the M&T Bank Stadium making $10 million. I wouldn't be too confused, uh, too concerned. Now, uh, the Saints, we can go into this wild speculation. Sure. They're going for a cornerback, supposedly. That would make sense. Or, Jenkins is gone. Not, Lord knows what's going on with Marshawn Lattimore. Yeah. Right? So, corner would seem to make sense. That seems to be the, the main speculation. The Saints are picking 28th, though. You wouldn't think they'd get anybody too particularly good the two names that seem to be floating out there the sertan and somebody else are going to go earlier and then uh caleb farley from virginia tech who's had some injury issues uh might be someone they can trade up for and then greg newsom from northwestern uh those seem like obvious names i guess when you're talking about cornerbacks we don't know anything really about them but i i think if the as long as the saints don't take an interior offensive lineman mostly people will be happy. Yeah, I think so. I mean, n- none of them are going to be, a, you know, a sexy pick. It's going to be... A 28, no. No, it's going to be a pick for need yeah. instead of the best player, which, uh, you know, might have to see for a couple of seasons with these new-look Saints. I think the Saints have three third-round picks, though, which is rare. They usually don't have many picks. Uh, so they have the capital to move up and do something splashy. They've been known to do that, obviously. So... Two varying degrees of success. Yeah, I mean, it sometimes works. Yeah, buddy Marcus Davenport. What an amazing pick, Marcus Davenport. God, how could the Saints afford not to get Marcus Davenport? That was my favorite argument after that. You like, could you imagine? <laughs> could you imagine if the Saints didn't make this move? They have to go win the Super Bowl right now. They need to go get a defensive end from Texas San Antonio. I was like, oh, yeah, that's the move. <laughs> Here's what I know. I don't know anything about the draft. Here's what I know. But here's what. The Saints will make the pick, and every tweet that you read from the Saints media will be like, that's a great pick. Really <laughs> underrated player. He's going to be, he fits perfectly into the Saints scheme. That's what you're going to hear. Yeah. That doesn't are, matter. They've probably already, already got the articles written. They're just going to fill in the name. <laughs> yeah, they could draft the potato head. It doesn't matter. What if they draft Mac Jones? That'd that be would great. be funny. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and then you go back to Drew. Drew, who's getting it? Well, you know, I love Mac. I love Tay. Love Jay. Anyway, you should buy a bottle of Robitussin or whatever he's selling now. He's selling literally everything. Yeah. Every th- he's going to be the new MyPello guy. No, he's going to be the everything guy. <laughs> he's going to be selling raisinets on street corners. Like, this guy, he sells everything. He's, he was signing, Drew Brees was signing, like, helmets for $7,000. It's like, dude, you made, like... $200 million in your career. What the hell happened? He was just taking that money. It wasn't going towards... Yeah, I think he was just taking that money. He was building the more cameo, cages. The cameos to the Drew Brees Foundation, of which he's like the CEO and highest paid person. You know? The Drew Brees Foundation uh, actually forges steel for the cages 
used to keep immigrant children in. It's to build the wall. <laughs> it's it's the, the, the whoever that guy was, uh, Steve Bannon, who like did that fundraiser to build the wall, yeah, and they found yeah. out he wasn't doing it. <laughs> and Drew Brees took that over. <laughs> now that's where the Brees Dream Foundation goes. Yeah, I'm just glad he wasn't in the QAnon documentary. <laughs> uh. The Saints are going to do something, and everyone will say it's great. And Loomis has a pretty good track record, so it's hard to really, especially Jeff Ireland has a good track record, so it's hard to say too much negatively. But uh, everything gets read a lot into. If yeah. they trade up, I think that's probably, you know, I think that will even cause more of a hubbub. Uh, I just can't imagine giving a shit about the NFL draft the way that a lot of these people do. Oh, it's also so long. It's so it's three days now. Why, Why is it three days? What is the point? Who's watching this thing for three days? Why I, does the first round need to be at night? That was the whole like Michael Sam thing. It was like, why is your kid watching the sixth round of the <laughs> NFL draft? <laughs> 9 p.m. on a Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, if you're watching this, I don't know. Get a hobby, man. Maybe the bowling alley's open back up. <laughs> I'll watch... The first round, and of course, right? I'll watch part of it. I'll watch the first round, but and then I'll look at tweets yeah. to see the third round text. <laughs> exactly. that's, that's all that's going to happen there. <laughs> exactly. I did like it when the draft and jazz fest used to be at the same time because then you could just completely ignore that yeah. it was occurring. So uh, that's our uh, real good Saints insight into the draft. Yeah, they're going to take somebody. Everyone will say they're good, and we don't think it matters. I I do well, have we don't know about it. I I have one uh, prediction. What's that? I think sometime in the first round somebody's going to say the police are bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's my prediction. <laughs> somebody's going to say <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a pretty accurate take. What if somebody wore a blue lives matter shirt? <laughs> Dude. Are there any players if from Roger Army Goodell, getting drafted? Roger Goodell stands up there in a Kaepernick jersey. It's like, you fraud. <laughs> they put out some statement after the Chauvin thing, and it's like, you frauds, you blackballed this guy oh, from yeah. the league. Like, and now he's up there doing Wakanda forever. Yeah, we like, remember Goodell. It's like, be who you are. I understand you're all dipshit assholes. Like, everyone knows that you're the most money-grubbing people on earth. Just be that. Don't be that and then also put out these ridiculous statements about Black Lives Matter, which you legitimately outwardly are pushing people out of the league for. Come yep. on. What a bunch of frauds. That'll be fun to see that all oh, yeah. get swept to the side. Oh, yeah. The, the quick quick cuts away from the cameras. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? Uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll be back. We've got some LSU discussion. We don't need to take a break. We can just go into LSU. Sounds good. Oh. All right. That's your girl. The Tigers. Kim Mulkey. Have hired Polk's number one girl. This is, this is how I break it to the fandom. Yes, we are seeing each other. She wanted to move <laughs> back closer. Yes. I didn't like Waco that much because people were going, hey, is that David Correa? I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> It's me, Andrew Polk. Yeah, my lady, Kim Mulkey, bringing her three rings from Baylor back yep. to Baton Rouge. There was some hubbub on Twitter. People, okay, it's believe all women, feminism, yes, lady power. And then a powerful lady says something they don't like, and they're like, fuck this bitch. <laughs> there is no, uh, they don't, there is no feminism when a woman 
says something that people don't agree with. Especially a white woman with a short haircut who's old. Who's very good at what she does. Oh, that's and a very rich white woman with yeah. a short haircut. She's yeah. getting uh, $2 million a year for 10 years. Yeah. 20-something mil. Uh, but, yeah, she had her first press conference in Baton Rouge. It was a big shindig. The team was there. They were in Pete Maravich Arena. And she went up there with her mask on and was like, fumbling with it for a minute and then she was like i'm taking this damn thing off and she like threw it like she like kind of made yeah. a little show to throw it and the place went wild oh yeah great pr like move pro wrestling yeah she, <laughs> she's gonna be running for president in 10 years i loved i love kim mulkey um that's a huge that's a huge get for lsu not just you know women's basketball that's a huge coaching hire just across sports yeah i mean that i, I think, don't think anybody saw coming either I, I think she makes more than will wade i think she's like I, she should yeah <laughs> i mean she definitely makes more than Maneri. i think she makes more than will wade i mean that's a that's a big hire for a sport that does not generate that kind of revenue kind of a crazy uh move for lsu my favorite take that I've seen on this came from uh, our very own at uh, the advocate slash NOLA.com. Scott Rabelais <laughs> said that it was very important that LSU hired a really good women's basketball coach. So it shows they care about women in the wake of the Title IX, you know, alleged rapes. Uh-huh. I don't know how women winning women's basketball games makes you not worry about the rape allegations. I don't know you're connecting those dots, but whatever you got to do, right? There's going to be like some newspaper comic book artist that draws <laughs> a very cartoonish Kim Mulkey and then all of it'll be uh, the tiger hiding behind her and it'll say like rape allegations coming towards Kim Mulkey and the tiger will be going, no, but we have a, a good women's coach now. We're spending a lot on women's basketball. Yeah, that's, somebody- that's a Ben Garrison and comic yeah oh for sure and then <laughs> <laughs> somebody came out was like uh they're spending more on kim milky than they spent on all of the settlements for all of these things it was like eh, well, whatever i mean you know it's a good publicity stunt it's also it's hard to i mean it is a publicity stunt but it's a stunt that will absolutely pay off and uh Boy, does she fit into LSU culture. Oh, yeah. Take that however you want to. Uh, I saw her getting off the plane, meeting Coach O, and she went up and did a horrible Coach O impression. You see, you're like, oh, mama mia. (laughs) She uh, obviously she's got a connection with LSU, not only from the state, but her son played shortstop there for four years, and he famously lost a dance contest to Andrew Polk. At a Louisiana Tech game in 1994. That's probably the biggest news that I think he's known <laughs> you for. You might have remembered that. <laughs> for those of you who didn't remember. She's from Hammond, I believe. Is she? So, okay. yeah. Well, she's a star. Uh, that's a good news for LSU. The, uh, I don't know. I mean, LSU baseball is probably not going to make the tournament. And meanwhile, for baseball, and uh, UNO and Tulane and, and Tech are all kind of in line to make it right now. So yeah. it's a pretty wild scene in the state. Yeah, it was weird. The LSU was having a little upswing like the Pelicans. They beat Old Miss in the series. Old Miss is ranked number nine. Yeah. But then, they have a very bad SEC record overall. Yeah. Did you see how they lost the last game? Yes. Good Lord. <laughs> Good Lord. I mean, the levels of losing. College baseball has crazy shit happen all the time. To give up an eight-run lead in the, with two outs in the eighth inning is bananas. Well, this is where the Pelicans comparison <laughs> comes into play. But there is going to be a lot of LSU, uh, Louisiana baseball 
yeah coming up which well, will be nice well they're gonna actually i mean the way the season's going whatever i'm certain pulmonary will not be back next year and then lsu's gonna have to throw a gazillion dollars at a baseball coach which they'll happily do and i don't know where all the money comes from but it's it's fallen out of the sky for LSU right. Yeah, now. I don't know how that works with schools paying people. There's no yeah cap limit for paying a coach. No, so that's where all the money goes. Oh, so they'll man. pay a baseball coach. They probably still won't pay a baseball coach as much as they're paying Kim no, Mulkey. They're gonna have to stop playing paying the players as much. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to go to that McDonald's and order the number 17. Yeah, exactly, and yeah. Number 17. Yeah, yeah the, the bag of cash is gone, <laughs> so. Uh, all right, well, that will take us into your favorite part of every single week on this here program. Ladies and gentlemen, segments. Overrated. Overrated. Underrated. Underrated. Yeah, baby, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, overrated and underrated. Punk? You want to start this? You want me to start this? Um, I can kick it off. Overrated. Starting with the over. Apple. Apple computers. Oh, I thought you meant apples. No, that would be absurd. Looking at these. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Apple computers. Come on. We're letting these guys get away with murder. (laughs) Everybody has an iPhone. Why? Why do you have an iPhone? I like the blue messaging instead of the green messaging. Is that it? That's mostly what it is. It does make me, you know, I'll be like on Tinder texting somebody and they're like, oh, blue message. Totally. Gross. Yeah. You're poor. (laughs) Apple products are designed to get slower as time goes on. Are they all? The operating. But yeah, but like if you know what you're doing with a PC or an Android, you can fuck with it and keep it going for as long as you want it to. Really? Yeah. Apple has a whole lockdown on their operating system. This happened at work recently. We had a computer from 2009 that worked fine. It no longer allowed us to upgrade the operating system. And every single program on it said, you have to have the new operating system. And you can't use the old programs anymore. So now we just have like a fucking, you know... $2,000 computer that can't do anything it's supposed to (laughs) because it got too old. Yeah. Which I don't... TVs don't do... What else does that? That's fair. TVs don't do that. Apple phones do that. Yeah. Apple computers do that. This phone does not do that. Goddamn My shitty laptop does not do that. Charlatan. And they're calling... These people call themselves geniuses. (laughs) The nerve... Have you charged an Apple mouse? No. The fucking plug is on the bottom of the mouse, so you can't use it while it's charging. Is that like a design element, I guess? Yeah, a genius designed that. (laughs) Tim Cook designed that. (laughs) You need to drill a hole through your table. That's the key. Is that his name, Tim Cook? Yeah. Okay. Tim Apple is what what Trump called him. I was thinking of James Gunn from Project (laughs) Runway. That's very similar. That's that's who I was thinking of. A very similar amount of money. You got to go to the mall to fix this I think, shit. Wait, he's Tim Gunn, right? Tim Gunn. James Gunn <laughs> is the Guardians of the Galaxy director. But you got me there. <laughs> All right. I'm still ranting about Apple here. You have to take the computer to the fucking mall to get it fixed. <laughs> that Apple store is just 
a horrible it's experience. It's hell. I hate that Even place. when it's not a pandemic, you have to stand outside. You're not even good enough to stand in the store. And they're like, it'll be three hours before we can tell you you have to yeah. buy a new one. And there's no line. And so you're all just like kind of like a mosh pit of like trying to find the guys in the blue shirts. And they're like, oh, yeah, well, we'll text you when you're ready. And it's like, well, I'm here because my phone doesn't yeah. work. You can't text me on my phone that doesn't work. And they're like, oh, well, I guess just come back here in yeah, 30 minutes. Yeah, you should buy a new one. Yeah, exactly. It's like, well, I guess I have to do this. I've bought so many of these stupid phones at this point. This one, my phone is currently on its third year, which might as well be a thousand years old. Oh, Apple. yeah. It hardly moves. You drop in $1,200 on a phone every two years. Oh, yeah. This is absurd. Yeah, they've got you. They've got me. There's like chil- I'm in. there's I'm there's children in like Rwanda that are playing with your old phone right now, mining it for data. My pictures are still on. Yeah. There. <laughs> Who's this drunk sweaty guy? Isn't this that guy that AD glared at in that <laughs> meme? I'm gonna tweet some shit. Uh, I'll go my overrated. Uh, I, I'm, I was going to say something else because we didn't talk about it. Overrated is, uh, outdoor masks. Yeah. It's over, baby. Officially. O V E R over and overrated. There are still a handful. I went to the Zurich classic twice this weekend. Uh, ain't no one wearing that thing. The only people that had to wear it were the people who worked there. And I felt very bad for them because it's like, what are you doing? You're out here. It's hot. You're pushing alligators back into the water. You're <laughs> having to wear this stupid mask. You're outside. They know it. You're outside and everyone's vaccinated. So it's like, what is the point? I think they actually changed some of the rules today. Uh, but you still see these people walking around parks with masks on. And I was like, I think you're just going to do this for the rest of your life. They love it. They love it. The, what happened today was Joe Biden announced and then made a meme of it on Instagram. This is the president of the United States. <laughs> he uh, announced that the CDC is now allowing us to not wear a mask outside if we're fully vaccinated and not in a crowd. Who the fuck wasn't <laughs> doing that already? Were people sitting in their backyards alone with two masks on? I don't. I mean, some people definitely. <laughs> but, I mean, we are scratching the surface of the psychological trauma that the last oh, year yeah. has done. There's going to be a lot of Linuses out there, and their blanket is that fucking mask. When I saw people driving around their car alone <laughs> with their mask on, and I was like, you know, I get caught doing it, like, after I drop my kids off, like, you have to wear it when you drop and you hand your kid to the teacher. But then, you know, you just get right in your car and you go and you don't think about it. And you like, do the I'll old Kim like, Mulkey. You throw yeah. it across the car. <laughs> Fuck exactly. you, man. I'll go like six blocks and we'll realize, and be like, oh, God, I look like a psycho. And then you're like on the interstate in the middle of nowhere. And you're like, this guy is driving alone with a mask on. Like, what does he think is going to happen here? Uh, you got a vaccine, everybody. Yeah. At least you can. Go get it. Go get it, or you've already gotten it. Who or can't? you got the Johnson & Johnson one, and you're dead now. <laughs> yeah, you've blood clotted all thank, the way through. Thank you for your service. Now we know which one not to get. <laughs> the convenience, but the death. You know, it's like, oh, the convenience of one shot. Does it outweigh uh, I, I just I thought it was uh, it was a really the, the Zurich did a great job. It was a fun tournament. They did really good. And I was concerned. I've been to many sporting events now, like at Tulane, 
they are super anal about uh, you keeping your mask on. The Pelicans too, like oh, you gotta have the and you know, the Zurich was like they had like three guys with signs holding it up. Nobody said a word otherwise. Nobody was wearing them, and you know. I think we all survived. Yeah, I'm sure Ex- you did. Except for the people who got eaten by alligators. I mean, golfers are ripping heaters. They're doing blow in the porta potties. Like yeah. this is just true <laughs> of golfers. I saw a guy take a piss. An actual PGA player pulled to the side and took a piss in the woods directly onto an alligator. My dad was like, "Where is his ball?" Like he's looking in the woods. I was like, "I don't know." I was like, "The caddy's not over there." And sure enough, he pulled. You could see him pulled out his pants. I was like, <laughs> "No way." <laughs> There's no other sporting event on earth where you can watch somebody take a piss. Nope. So congratulations, PGA. You uh, you do something new every time. Uh, what you got for underrated? I have underrated gas station cuisine. Oh, the the rollers. It it's gonna cover the whole <laughs> Magilla. Uh Honestly, this might be very very New Orleans. New Orleans is spoiled with their gas station That's cuisine. That's true. Now, you're going to have a few dissenters, these weirdos that say, yeah, well, yeah, have you been to Sheets? Oh, yeah. You know Sheets? Yeah, that's it's up in like Pennsylvania, Ohio. They just have sandwiches, and you can order it with a touch screen. It's still a, it's you like know. Danny a, and Clyde's. Yeah, it's still a meth addict making a sandwich <laughs> for you while they have one eye open. But there's a touch screen. People think it's nice. <laughs> but I, uh, the convenience of it. Obviously, a convenience store, convenient food. It is convenient. Brothers Chicken was one of the only places you could get food during the pandemic past like 9 p.m. There was that gas station in the corner of Bayou St. John's oh, on the yeah. other side. It's, they were open the entire time. They were also selling booze after. Like, they were like, that was the one that had you slide it. Is that the one you yeah, just slide yeah. it through the little slot? It was like the... It was it was that we have been robbed so <laughs> so many times that we were gonna hand you individual beers through this. Yeah, slot. he was wearing like, a suit of armor. <laughs> he had to take the the certs out of the packet and give them to me one by one through the hole. <laughs> just like a knight with chainmail on. I just yeah. love gas station chicken. Yeah, it's good. It's cheap. It's always it's not fresh, but it's always fresh enough. It's warm. They and managed to keep it hot. Where else can you get a potato wedge? The only, <laughs> the only fast food potato wedge is KFC. Oh God, KFC is disgusting. Miserable. Yeah, it's miserable. I actually had a uh, good friend of the show, Jack Gooding, used to uh, really go destroy. I had in, in college, we uh, lived near a gas station. He would go get a cheeseburger hot dog. You ever seen one of these? Uh, I don't think so. So it's the shape of a hot dog and a hot dog bun, but it's a, a, a cheeseburger. <laughs> So, so it it's a looks, rolled up cheese. It's oh a rolled up no. hamburger with cheese in the middle. <laughs> and then he would get a six pack of natural light bottles and uh, and like a giant lemonade. And I was like, this is great. This is like every day. <laughs> like this, how the nitrates of that cheeseburger hot dog could kill a horse. Friend of the show and insulin, Jack. <laughs> Uh, natty, li- natty Light in a bottle is funny because it's like, I'm too good for a can of... That's a sophisticated way to drink. <laughs> light. Uh, I don't even know if they sell it in bottles anymore. It was a great time, though. And yeah, the cheeseburger hot dog really does reign supreme. And it is literally, they do not make it any... There's no other place on planet Earth that makes it other than a gas station. <laughs> you have to know the rollers right in there. You can't go to a game. You can't no. go to a restaurant. Nowhere sells a cheeseburger hot dog except a gas station. Can't make it at home or your wife will leave you. (laughs) 
they will uh, evict you on the spot. <laughs> are you rolling cheeseburger hot dogs? What do you got this All week? All right. I have parties, but parties that you don't plan or have really anything to do with the process. If you get to a party where you just show up, it's the best. I had a wonderful party this weekend that another friend of the show planned. I went with my wife. We got a babysitter. We showed up. We ate wonderful food. We had wonderful drinks. We had wonderful conversations. And then I left. I didn't have to think about anything. I just got there. All the people, all the people were there. I talked to them. I brought a bottle of wine. And that was it. It's just <laughs> the, the experience of that is like so foreign now because we don't go to parties anymore. But you do forget that as long as you don't have anything to plan with it, it's wonderful. Somebody has thought about making this a good experience for the people who are showing up. And you didn't have to do anything. Hmm. You just walked in and it was great. And it costs like a third of what a normal restaurant would. And you don't have some D-bag waiter who you're like looking for to get a drink. You just go get a drink yourself. I love a good party, and I kind of forgot that they existed. Huh. Well, you said friend of the show had a party. Now, I wasn't invited. <laughs> That's <is> true. So <laughs> maybe let's back off the friend of the show. Starting to sound more like an enemy of the show. Yes. <laughs> friend of half the show. <laughs> uh, no, man. I mean... It's usually like being a cheapskate, going somewhere. They've just, already. You don't have to do any planning. I'm just lazy. The bottles are out. I'm just lazy, man. My friend Matt Owens is waiting on you, <laughs> hand and foot. I'm just like when other people put a lot of that. Like going to a wedding is great too. Like, oh, especially yeah. if, you're, if you're in a wedding, going to a wedding is incredible. I just got I just got bumped up to a wedding a couple days ago. My friend was like, "Hey, you know." We that got an extra Our table. neighbor died. Uh, you <laughs> you <laughs> can bump into the big league. Uncle Remus won't get the vaccine. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Weddings, weddings or really any event like that where you don't have to plan it is fantastic. Uh, because you just get to enjoy. Like It's all designed for your enjoyment. As compared to when you're throwing the party, you're worrying about other people's enjoyment. Right. The only part of planning the party yourself that's nice is you get to pick the people who are there. Yeah, and the food and the booze. Yeah, but that's whatever. You can you can get your own food and booze anytime. It's the people. <laughs> Sometimes you go to a party and there's people there that are like, oh my god, if I have to talk to this guy, I'm going to kill myself. Yeah. And very... of course, you know, within 30 seconds, you're stuck in the corner with him and he's talking to you about, <laughs> you know, cell phone towers and what they do to your brain, <laughs> and you're like, oh god. So. Other than those things, going to parties that you do not have to plan, entirely underrated. I picture you as a very Larry David-style party <laughs> attender. I just drop the C-bomb <laughs> all the time. <laughs> oh, very good. That takes us in to my favorite part of every single week on the show, ladies and gentlemen. The worst. The worst. The worst is the worst thing. I saw or read this week. Yes, sir. I've got a fun one. This is from Fox 25 up in Oklahoma. Elf, our favorite. Hello to our one listener in Eskimo Joes. <laughs> Oklahoma woman charged with felony for not returning VHS tape 21 years ago. <laughs> I 
thought this was like a stock photo because the photo on top is a, a like a recorded VHS that says Sabrina the Teenage Witch in Sharpie on it. <laughs> but this is indeed the VHS in question. Oh, my God. A former Oklahoma resident is facing felony embezzlement charges <laughs> for not returning a VHS tape rented in Norman more than two decades ago. Online documents. How do they have online documents for the show? Karen McBride is a wanted woman for never returning Sabrina the Teenage Witch. <laughs> Was it a TV show? It was a TV show on ABC. I don't think they had a movie. There's a movie now. There's like a VHS had a couple apps on there. I guess so, with commercials (laughs) and everything. Got the Diesel Driving Academy commercial on there. The first thing she told me was felony embezzlement, so I thought I was going to have a heart attack, McBride said. She first learned of the charges when trying to change her name on her license after getting married in Texas. I went to change my driver's license during this COVID thing. You had to make an appointment. (laughs) I like how she gets that out. That's great. (laughs) Whatever. I had to make an appointment because of COVID. Because I got the Kung flu. (laughs) So the lady at the district's attorney's office said that there were federal charges filed against her over a VHS tape, and I asked her if she was kidding. McBride told Fox that she doesn't remember renting the movie. She has two kids. Oh, here we go. She's going to blame the kids. Yeah, yeah, you didn't steal Sabrina because your kids. I've never watched that show in my entire (laughs) life. Just not my cup of tea. Meanwhile, I'm a wanted felon. You know what? I don't like this woman now. I don't like her tone. (laughs) Documents show the movie was rented at Movie Place. (laughs) Hey, hey Scott, I'm going to open up a movie rental place in Norman, Oklahoma. What should we call it? Uh, How about Movie Place? Uh, I get it. It's a place with a movie. All right. Dude. The business went out of it, they went out of business in 2008 and the rest of this article is her just sobbing like just saying I didn't I didn't rent this devil woman cartoon. Who? So she didn't know she was charged? Nobody went to go get her? She says that she does not recall. Yeah, no one came to get her. This only happened, you know, for a felony? She's just on the lam? I mean, I guess well, I guess it's not a felon. It's just embezzlement, and, you know, it's felony embezzlement. Yeah, no one came to get her. I'm sure in these yeah, years she the renewed Oklahoma. her driver's license, probably. She's trying to pay a tax bill, right? Yeah. Like, something came up that would have told her that. She should have returned Sabrina the Teenage Witch Epps. There are a few weird things about this. One, the VHS they show is like a video you'd get from the dollar store and then like record something on sure. and write it on. That's questionable. Also, she it's a TV show on ABC. There's going to be like four episodes on this tape. This is weird. This is fishy. Yeah. Something's going are on Are we here. standing with her now? We're back on her side? I don't know. This is like some deep, deep state shit. Like someone's... <laughs> Maybe the lady at the assessor's office is actually like her high school rival. <laughs> it's like, you're going to prison forever because you rented dinosaurs. <laughs> and the shit was like a slumber party that she wasn't invited to. <laughs> she rented Teenage Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Um, at the end, it says the DA's office reviewed McBride's case and decided to dismiss it. Surprise. Yeah. Could you imagine if they actually held a trial? <laughs> they should. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. 
Yeah, good old Jerry Springer on there. Yeah, yeah, that's incredible. Very stupid. People are so stupid. Jesus Christ. Uh, Speaking of stupid people. I bet you've got a good one for us. uh, So I was going to do a non-local one, which was Hank Azaria apologizing to every Indian person who's ever lived, which is what he said, for playing Apu. Oh, I thought it was something else. I thought it was for Mad About You when he played the dog walker. <laughs> when he banged Jennifer Aniston and along came Polly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Surprisingly buff. Surprisingly buff, yes. Uh, anyway, Hank Azaria, you're off the hook this week. Uh, instead, NOPD seeks stabbing suspect. Mm-hmm. That's not very funny. No. Dressed as Chewbacca. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen Star Wars, to be fair. You've never seen Star never Wars? Never seen any of them. You don't lead with that. Yeah. <laughs> never seen any of them. But I know what Chewbacca looks like, and I know that he wasn't stabbing people. This is going uh, to be an easy crime to solve, right? You, Chewbacca's <laughs> eight fucking feet tall. We're looking for a Wookiee. <laughs> the Chewbacca defense and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we, he's from Andor, and we're talking about a Wookiee. Um, from WWL Radio, uh, who did this a pretty brief story, thankfully, because this is bonkers and could only happen here. Police, first of all, like a thousand people were shot this weekend. Oh, Netflix. yeah, no one cares. There was a gazillion crimes. No one cares Doesn't about that. Doesn't matter. This that- one, however... <laughs> They were all C-3PO and Darth (laughs) Vader. Get out of here. Police in New Orleans are searching for an alleged stabbing suspect dressed as the Star Wars character Chewbacca. You could have left off the Star Wars character. We all know who Chewbacca is, and we haven't even seen the movie. It would have been better. (laughs) Everyone's seen the movie, Scott. Everyone. Dressed as the Star Wars yeah, you're like, Chewbacca, Chewbacca, is that the Flex Seal huh, guy? Like Chewbacca, like Jim Chewbacca from <laughs> down the street? <laughs> I know him. I should go arrest him. Um, authorities need the public's help in identifying the person in the costume. Sounds challenging. Yep. Uh, a police report. Maybe it's the six-year-old who came and, ta- and, and uh, trick-or-treated at my house. <laughs> he was dressed as Chewbacca, and he seemed like he had a mean spirit about him. A police report says the subject, dressed as Chewbacca, allegedly stabbed the victim with a knife after a verbal disagreement. It happened Saturday at 8 p.m. on Toulouse Street. Police did not say what condition the stabbing victim is in. We're hoping alive, but probably not great, is my guess if he was stabbed. Police did say the suspect is a street performer who dresses as the famous Wookiee. Well, that's good. It's not the original Chewbacca. Yeah. It's not the actual Wookiee who that did this. That would be this. a damper on Chewbacca. It is, in fact, a person dressed as Chewbacca. Uh, so, uh, you know, we all walk around places like Times Square, and the guy dressed as Elmo who's yelling at you to, uh, you know, take a picture and give him $5. Uh, turns out this could be very bad. So let's leave these people alone. The Tin Man, you see the guy dressed as the Tin Man getting on the streetcar all the time. <laughs> are these all criminals? Are these all people who are very shady characters? Or is this guy making all of them look very bad? I used to live next to one of the robot guys, and he would come home like completely <laughs> in silver and then just like smoke on his front porch. <laughs> I was like, that shit has to be flammable. Oh, God. 
How do you not just breathe that in all day and get like lung cancer? I don't really understand. I mean, I'm sure he knew what he was doing. <laughs> so he's like, I might as well smoke. Uh, I don't know where there's a Wookiee street performer in New Orleans. I've never seen one. We don't really have like. When I was a kid, we went to Man's Chinese Theater in, in Hollywood. Oh yeah. Now it's called Woman's. You know. <laughs> Woman's AAPI theater. And uh, I, I got my photo taken with the worst Yoda I've ever seen in my life. And we didn't know you were supposed to pay these. I guess we just thought they were out there for fun. So yeah. we like, took the picture and walked off. He started oh, yeah. screaming at us. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, don't, I don't know where this guy would street perform in New Orleans. Apparently on the 700 block of Toulouse Street, All if right. you see a giant Wookiee, <laughs> don't let him stab you. Yeah. Um, well, there's a line in Star Wars uh, that's let the Wookiee win because he starts getting mad when he's losing chess. So maybe they were playing chess. Maybe, playing chess. <laughs> maybe this is all just one big character arc for the Wookiee. Uh, the costume subject's actual identity is unknown. Surprise, surprise. However, a witness stated that the subject's costume head came off well, that's the more horrifying part. You can't have the costume maker. What, what are the kids going to think? <laughs> it's one thing if they think that Chewbacca stabbed a person. That could all be part of the show. But once the head comes off, this is, <laughs> it's very horrifying for kids. Uh, it revealed that he was a suspect, was a black male, possibly in his 20s. So everybody out there, if you see a black guy who looks like he could have played Chewbacca... Arrest the citizens arrest man. What a story. I don't know what you're gonna do with that information How do you argue with somebody in a costume with the costume head on? <laughs> you can't understand <laughs> those guys. I mean Does he have a knife on him? <sighs> does Chewbacca just walk around with a knife? He had a crossbow <laughs> I guess it's good. He didn't have that yeah, probably I gonna, really, I hope, maybe gonna end the worst. This guy might have died. We, the condition is unknown. I hope the person that they stabbed is okay, and I hope that Chewbacca owns <laughs> up. <laughs> to yes. the is, you have clearly the same way that all those white supremacists caused the the, the insurrection. Chewbacca has clearly caused this crime. <laughs> this is the, the photo of the Chewbacca <laughs> is horrific. This is the worst costume of Chewbacca I've ever seen. It just looks like the uh, the kid that used to be on the front of the National Enquirer, yeah. like that had a hairy face. He was like dog the boy. dog face yeah. kid <laughs> from Saving Silverman. Yeah. And he has he has the crappy lightsaber. First off, Chewbacca didn't have a lightsaber. Duh. <laughs> and this kid has the one that looks like a fun noodle from the dollar store. Yeah, but you know what he also has? A giant knife. Maybe it's concealed within. Hopefully the victim is okay and does not listen to the show. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you do, please send us an email because yeah. we would love to interview you for our first ever we'll interview you, on the show. We'll give you a t-shirt. We'll <laughs> uh, yeah, everything about that story is just simply phenomenal. I, uh, I I don't think that would happen in any other city in the world, but I'm sure it has. Uh, anyway, that takes us through this week's episode. I thought this was a fun one. I think they're all pretty fun. I do enjoy doing this show. We both love having all of your support out there. As always, follow us on Twitter at Polk and Kush. Follow us via email email us polkandkush at gmail.com you can't follow us on email i don't know why i said that please continue to subscribe 
and rate. Some of you rated. We're up over 80 ratings now. Whoa. So we did it. To the one guy who gave us a four star, I continued fuck you to you. And with that, everyone have a wonderful week. And thank you for listening to Pulp. And Kush, see ya.